Introducing Pretty Girls Pretty Who Girls Love, Real, love estate. Real Estate. Stories of everyday women breaking barriers and building wealth through real estate. Boss. B-O-S-S. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Pretty Girls Love Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Washington, and I am really excited for my guest today. I have Miss Janisha Richardson. Uh, she is the local market leader for Project REAP in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. She's also got her own financing and business credit um, organization that she's been running for a number of years. So really excited to talk to her about all what's going on in the financial industry. Um, so first and foremost, Janisha, how are you? Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Jessica. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on your podcast. Looking forward to sharing some little nuggets, golden nuggets that I have and just really happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, really excited to get into this. But before that, uh, first and foremost, how did you first become interested in real estate? So that's, it's a two-part two part series on that. So when I moved to D.C. in 97, I was 26 years old. And every time I would go out to like the clubs or any networking event, like everyone that I met was either, either they had a house or they were about to buy a house. Mm -hmm. And so coming from California, like really didn't have a lot of friends my age that were actually purchasing homes. So that was the first thing. I knew I had to get my stuff together so I could buy my first house. So within two years, I purchased my first house. And then um, we I was in an investment club. So we would meet every month and we would like research different stocks and buy stocks. And during that investment club, we had to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad with mm -hmm. Robert Kiyosaki. And so reading that, he says, if you play his game cash flow once a month for a year, it will totally change your outlook on life and mm -hmm. totally change like your financial situation. So in that investment club, we did that. And within like six to seven months, um, one of my girlfriends who was also in the investment club. We started looking for investment property. And so from that, we bought our first four unit um, apartment building in D.C. So oh, that's wow. how I started. If you got into real estate in D.C. in the late 90s, early 2000s, you are killing it right now. It's been hard. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, back up a little bit. You're a Cali girl. Why did you come to D.C. in the first place? So my sister went to Howard University, mm -hmm. undergrad and law school. I stayed home and went to Fresno State, ran track. Um, once I graduated, I majored in accounting. And once I graduated, I hated accounting. So I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car for a little bit because I did not want to do accounting. And then I found out that I hated that even more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went back to accounting and I just wasn't sure what I was going to do. Like I knew I needed to move out of Fresno. Um, and my sister, it was her, her second year of law school. And she was like, you should just come out to D.C. Mm -hmm. See, you know, what happens. Um, and 20... Four years later, I'm still here and just loving it. Every aspect of living in D.C., I absolutely love it. Awesome. Well, we are excited to have you. Um, I can't say welcome. You've been here for 20-some years, so <laughs> you're, you, you're the native almost. <laughs> so, I feel like I'm a Washingtonian a little bit. Yes, yes. for sure. All right. So um, 
fast forward, you know, 20 some years and you get involved in the Project REAP program. Tell me about how you found out about it and what was your experience going through it? Yes. So, um, so when we started investing in real estate in DC, like we got our four unit, then we actually got a commercial building, we had an office building mm -hmm. um, right around the corner from my house. And I got that by talking to one of my clients who actually knew the owner. It wasn't on the market. And I just asked him, would he be interested in selling it? And so he called him and he did. So that was my first uh, little experience of commercial real estate. And then my, my partner and I, we did a whole bunch of other stuff, bought a whole bunch of properties. And then the housing bubble happened. Mm -hmm. So we lost a lot, had to lick my wounds and get myself together. And I was just listening to WHUR. And I forgot who was on there. And they were talking about this program called Project REAP, which introduces minorities into the commercial real estate industry. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Because when we got into it the first time, we didn't know what we were doing. So I, um, I applied. I didn't get accepted the first time because I was traveling a lot for work. And they said, you could only miss like three classes mm -hmm. and you won't graduate. So I was honest when they asked me about that. And so I didn't get accepted. And I was like, you know, I was upset about that. But I was like, I'm gonna wait. So next year, when the applications opened up again, I had my application in. My job situation had changed mm -hmm. where I was no longer traveling. So I applied, got accepted. And I it has just been an amazing journey and ride. I've met so many awesome people and learned so much about the commercial real estate industry, things that I had no idea yes. that even existed. So I'm just, yeah, I cannot say enough about Project Reap. And I just want to help get the word out more about the, the wonderful program and the networking. Absolutely. So I've had a lot of guests on this show that have been alumni of Project REAP. Obviously, I'm an alumni. You're the only person besides me that I've talked to on this show that's a market leader. So tell me about your just wanting to do that and how it's been so far. Yeah, so I've always liked to put together events, networking <laughs> events, and I just like to see people connect. Mm -hmm. And so when I um, went through the program, I noticed that we would go to class, but then there was no real like networking afterwards. So a couple of times I, um, you know, got people together and uh, started a happy hour event. And then we did, uh, I hosted an event for CBC weekend, Congressional Black Caucus mm -hmm. at one of the newly opened black owned um, restaurants. So that was cool. So I just, I, I love connecting. So by me connecting and, and holding these events and people coming, the headquarters in New York kind of got wind of it. And Mike Bush reached out to me because I had invited him to a couple of the events. And then he introduced me to um, the, the acting director that time, Lamont. And then they just were like, okay, since you're doing stuff in the area, <laughs> we want you to continue to do things in the area and keep people connected. So. Uh, it's been good. And then during the pandemic, because we weren't getting together at all, I organized just video, virtual, virtual meetings, just so we could still stay engaged. Mm -hmm. So that's, that was, that's been cool too. A little, I mean, a little stressful because sometimes only one or two people will show up, but I mean, at least it's one or two and we're still connecting. 
Absolutely. And uh, for those that don't know, Mike Bush was kind of like the one of the founding members of REAP. And it actually started in D.C. A lot of people think about New York because it's kind of transitioned to like the flagship chapter, if you will. Mm. But it started in D.C. Um, so you guys are really active for the D.C. chapter. You have a lot of events like you talked about the virtual connections that you're doing and you starting to have a lot more in-person stuff. So can you tell us about some of the programming that you're doing? Yes. So I think next year, maybe in 2023, because um, right now Project Reef has all been virtual. So I think they will start um, in person again in 2023. But this year we're going to have a few more networking events in person so i love rooftop events so we're gonna have a couple of maybe one before the, the weather changes uh so i'm excited about that and then we're gonna host more um well we have the the live meetings and then the virtual meetings so every month the second thursday of the month at seven o'clock we have a virtual meeting called Pitch Deals. Mm -hmm. So any REAP alumni, we, I opened it up nationwide. At first, it was just the DC market. It was just my class of 2019. But now I've opened it up to everyone. If you have any deals that you want um, a REAP alumni to like invest in or partner up with, you could pitch them at these meetings. And hopefully, I, my goal, my wish is that we can come together to, you know, um, cooperative economics yes. and actually buy, uh, you know, maybe like a 50 unit apartment building somewhere with just REAP alumni. I think that would just be amazing if we could, if we could do that. So that's one thing that we're doing every month. And then we're also going to host some informational workshops with some of our sponsors, our REAP sponsors, Maybe like, you know, first time brokers uh, with Marcus and MailChamp or, you know, one of one of the sponsors for REAP. So just doing more informational workshops and networking events instead of just just connecting and, you know, eating and drinking. Love, love it. Love it. OK. And you got that experience and, uh, you know, being a part of the investment club so you can kind of, you know, be the leader of putting this fund almost together of REAP alumni so love the idea yes yes I'm excited so um now let's talk about you personally you have this firm that you've been in the financial business for like 15 years or so um so tell us about you know what was the you know idea behind starting that and then uh what are some of the things that you're seeing now in these crazy financial markets Right, right. So like I said, my background is in accounting. Um, so I've worked at a CPA firm for, for numerous years. And in 2003, I started Richardson & More, which is a bookkeeping and tax company. Mm -hmm. So we're going to celebrate our 20-year anniversary next year, which I'm pretty excited about that. So with having that company, uh, we work with a lot of small businesses. And just seeing them, you know, kind of struggle about getting financing, not knowing about business credit. One of our clients who was this huge developer, even though he was getting maybe million dollar loans, like he had no business credit established. Mm -hmm. So he would go get loans from banks, but then, you know, in between those drawdowns, when he would get, a, you know, the draw from the bank, he needed a little bit of extra cash to cover some of the expenses, but had no business credit. So from working with him, I did a lot of research and figured out that our company didn't have any business credit <laughs> as well. 
even though you know we had credit cards and the business name bank account even had a couple of loans but we had no business credit established so from that i was like okay this this is like a good market right because we don't know what we don't know and that's one of the things that also keeps the african-american community like kind of in a bubble because we think we have to use cash Mm -hmm. our own cash we have to use our own savings for stuff but that's not how you grow you use other people's money to grow as long as you use that money to continue to grow your business and you're not going out on luxury you know tours and and buying those teslas or whatever you're using it to actually grow your business that's when you can you can use that that leverage so did the research, found out about business credit, started uh, my company called Positive Business Credit Solutions in 2019 to educate and just show all of our, our clients, like, this is how you do it. You have to have your foundation set up correctly, meaning you have to have your LLC registered with the Secretary of State. You have to have a mailing address, not your home address, like a virtual address. You have to be uh, have a phone number, business phone number that's registered with 411. And the most important thing is you have to have a Dun & Bradstreet number. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we did not have, which is similar. We didn't have a Dun & Bradstreet number because I always thought having that was for like big corporations that have those government contracts. Mm-hmm. But you need your Dun & Bradstreet number because with business credit, there's only three There's three agencies, Dun & Bradstreet, Experian, and Equifax that helps you build your business credit. So once you have those things in place and then also you have your business bank account, now you can start building that business credit as far as going out and getting vendors, um, the net 30 accounts, the net 60 accounts. And you have to make sure that those vendors are actually reporting to those credit bureau agencies. Because that's one thing that we could we could just run in all these different circles. You're, you have these accounts, but they're not even reporting to right. the agencies. So you're spending money that you don't need to be spending because it's not building your credit. So that's one of the things that we help our clients with is we know exactly which vendors report to which agency and how much you actually need to spend on that. So from, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just listening to all these gems that you drop in here. (laughs) Yes, yes. So once, I mean, once you get at least three or four vendors reporting on the, the, from the credit bureau agencies, then you can move to the next tier, which is a tier two. And one thing that people think, they think they can jump from tier one all the way to tier five, you know what I mean? And, And try to get all these, these big cards, like a Sam's card or whatever, but you can't, you have to show good, um, a good history of you actually paying the, the bills and paying your invoices on time. Because when you start applying for these larger credit cards, they're going to go back and pull your business credit report and see that you have, say, 10, 10 vendors reporting. And that's going to continue to increase your credit score, your business credit score, and also increase your limit on what you can, um, on what you can get. So it's, 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 I get so excited talking about Oh, yeah. Credit. So what's, um for people that are unaware, what's a uh, example of a tier one account or tier one company? Sure. So a tier one company is any company where you purchase products um, and then they ship the products to you and then you you have 30 days to pay it. So it could be like a Quill or a Uline, Granger, like those are the ones that are the tier ones and you basically spend anywhere between 50 and 60 dollars mm-hmm. and you have to do that 
maybe three times, three months, because by that time, then they'll be recording and then you can just move on to the next tier and you don't have to buy any more products from them anymore. Because once you have one vendor reporting that stays on your business credit report for five years, mm -hmm. so you don't have to, to go back to them. Now you just go to the next one. Okay. Great information. So um, you told us about like, what are some of the ways to get your account or your business set up properly? Um, is there anything specific to the real estate industry or any uh, business credit opportunities that would be more applicable to this industry? Yes, definitely. So everything is, everything's tied together. So, I mean, one of the big myths is your personal credit really matters, especially in the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. And especially when you are starting off your business, because they're going to look at your personal credit first, see that you're, you know, viable. And then they, the more that you do on your, the more you build up your business credit, they won't look at your personal credit as much. Mm -hmm. So once you're, you're setting up your, your business, you get those credit cards and it could be like a $20,000 credit limit where you could do a cash advance of 20,000. Use that money as your down payment for your first investment property, you know? And then once you settle on it, you get the money back from the loan that you're getting. And then you can pay that credit card off mm -hmm. immediately. So like within a month or two, hopefully you're paying that back and then you just rinse and repeat, do the same thing. So that's why it's so huge to establish, to get that business credit and get those credit cards and get those loans in the business name. So you can continue to use that money and just kind of like juggle it, you know, do close one deal, pay it off, do the same thing. So that's why it's, it's really important. So from doing the, the positive business credit solutions and building that business credit and seeing my struggles, because with my four unit, I needed to refinance it. Mm -hmm. And this was after the housing bubble. Credit score was, personal credit score was not good, but I had so much equity in the, the building, but I had the hardest time trying to refinance. Mm -hmm. um, but finally, I was able to, to partner up with a, a local bank. And they ended, I ended up refinancing it into an LLC. And so from that, I was able to take out some cash, buy my partner off, you know, uh, fix up some things, and then just have it strictly in the LLC's name. Because before it was still in my name, mm -hmm. even though it was in an LLC, the mortgage was in my name. So that was affecting my credit my credit score. So from going through that whole that whole process, I was like, I need to know more about how, what, what things do I need to have in order in order for me to get this financing from these banks, from other lenders? Like, what are they looking for? So I, I started right commercial lending in 2021 as a, a broker and a commercial lender so I can continue to get the insights on exactly what the lenders want. So when someone comes to me and I say, Janisha, I need to buy a franchise. You know, what do I need to do? I can tell them exactly what you need to have in place, mm -hmm. where your credit score needs to be. And then I can help them when they submit the information, package it up into a nice little deal and make sure that they're getting the best rate. So this, the commercial, the commercial lending industry is just huge. And it's just so much money out there that people, mm -hmm. the lenders want to lend you money but you need to be prepared and ready. And the one thing that they're really looking for 
now that the interest rates are going up and you know things are kind of tightening up, they really want to see the experience. So let's just say I have a four unit and now I want to buy a 50 unit apartment building. Nice. I don't have any experience in that. So they want to see you like partner up with someone who actually has experience with that. And then they want to make sure that you have, you know, you got to have a little bit of equity, of course, in the property. And they want to see liquid cash. They want that you have cash available to be able to, to close on the deal. And they're also they're gonna look, you know, your resume and your personal credit score. Even mm-hmm. though it won't show up on your personal credit score once you close, they're still gonna look at that as well. And that's I think a lot of people um, don't think about that. Okay, I got two questions from everything you just said. Uh, first off, I'm really interested to know about you refinancing into LLC because I feel like now. Um, when we went through the pandemic, there was a lot of people who kind of started getting more focused on investing in real estate. And one of the strategies that they started doing was house hacking to buy a four unit or less property with mm-hmm. as your primary residence. And if you're using like FHA, you got to live there a year. But then once you kind of want to transition you want to take that liability away from your personal name and put it in an LLC. So I'm really curious about how you were able to do that because I know a lot of mortgage lenders out there on the primary um, owner-occupied side, they might not want you to do it, the transition it to an LLC. Can you tell me about that process a little more? Yes, yes. So as long as it's, it, it can be your primary residence. Right. So as long as it's not your primary residence. So with, with my LLC, we had transferred into an LLC probably like five years prior to that. And I had enough equity, but with the the banker, they still wanted, they still looked at my personal finances. They wanted to make sure that I covered, I could cover the, the debt service credit ratio. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I could cover the debt service credit ratio. And as long as I could cover that personally, then they would finance it into an LLC, into my LLC with using my EIN number. And they looked at, you know, my rent, the, my lease agreements to make sure that I, I could cover that as well. And I had enough equity in the building. So I was able to get a loan in the LLC's name, mm-hmm. pull out that equity, and then just I could pull out the equity, use that cash and buy something else. But I just, I had to make sure that my personal credit was also good and my, you know, my debt to income ratio was, could cover the mortgage. Okay. Very important. Now with business credit in general, do you have to have been uh, operating your business for a certain amount of time or do you have to have a certain amount of revenue to be eligible? No. So that's the other beauty part about it. So you can just, you could get your articles of organization on a Monday and start applying for business credit on Tuesday. Okay. As long as, as, long as you have your, your, well, your Dun & Bradstreet will take a couple of days. So once you get your Dun & Bradstreet, open up your bank account. So no, you don't have to be in business um, a long time to start establishing your business credit. And you don't have to be in business a long time in order to get a business loan. Mm-hmm. Some of the times, um, a lot of the lenders, they just, some of them look at if you have, you know, income coming in, but then a lot of them, they really look at your personal score, mm-hmm. your personal credit score, and they'll extend it based on your personal credit score. And a lot of the, the um, credit card companies as well, the business credit card companies will give you business credit without 
having any income whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. So like you said, the personal credit score is imperative for you to have that together for anything. That and your utilization. So once, you know, they're going to look at your personal credit score and they want your personal utilization to be under like 30%. Mm-hmm. And then they'll start extending you credit cards. Like I I went through a program and I just started this uh, investment company and I went through the pro. We had no money coming in, but I was able to get like $60,000 in just business credit cards. Wow. And I said, yeah, so I could use that to continue to educate myself and be ready for the next investment. But yes, so it's definitely possible. Wonderful. All right. So let's talk about like the lending products uh, from a real estate perspective, you know, with COVID, you know, banks started to get a little, a little scared about some things. And then now the real estate market continues to rise, but then there's inflation now. Um, Home building has slowed down a little bit. So what are you seeing from your clients, from uh, people that are trying to do new construction? And then what are some things that you're seeing in more of the just traditional acquisition space? Right. So I'm seeing a lot of, um, of course, there's going to be more deals are going to be made available for people that actually have access to funding. Mm-hmm. So the, the big thing is just don't don't try to like over leverage. So if you if you find something like make sure there's enough equity in there or if a, a lot of the lenders now are, want you to put down more instead of before it was like maybe 25 percent. Some of them, depending on your experience, like if you don't have as much experience, they're asking for 40 percent. Wow. Maybe it, and land deals, it's like 50%. Mm-hmm. So it just, it really kind of just depends on, on the product and what you're looking for. But the, but some lenders, if you have experience, they're only off, they, you only have to put down 15%. Mm-hmm. So it's like the more experience you have, then that gives you more credibility to the lenders and then they're extending more cash. But people that that's like a (laughs) chicken before the egg. Like if I don't have experience, usually I don't have enough money. (laughs) Exactly. And that's why, you know, building your business credit, getting those business credit cards are important or even, you know, pulling your, your resources together with your friends and family to try to do different deals. That's why you got to be more, um, got to be more creative. Mm -hmm. I think during this time, but they also say during this time, this is when a lot of millionaires are made because they have the access to the cash. They know what to do. They're not over leveraging. They're not like jumping out on like the first deal that they see. You have to do a lot more research mm-hmm. on the deal and not just jump out and, and get the first thing that you see. A lot of people are doing just a lot of due diligence now on, on different deals. And the, the lenders are asking for that as well. But pictures updates they want to know who the previous owners were like especially if you're buying maybe a some type of business they want to see how the financials looked prior what your projections will be you know what your experience is so I think the the main thing is just doing your due diligence you're gonna have to do that more than ever now during this time in your business do you work primarily more with banks or private equity private equity okay. so we don't because we're, we're like a I would say like a b to c lender so if, if you're a client you could go to the bank and get like a hundred thousand dollar loan or you know but 
if say you don't have your financials in order or your credit scores is a little lower than what the bank is looking for, then you come to us and we could find you someone, or a lender, private or you know, a different um, lending company that will actually loan and not have so strict terms. Right. And they will close fast as well because we have some lenders that will close within two days. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So what about you personally? You, are you still running the investment club? No. So we closed that. <laughs> we we had it for about five years, but we okay. stopped it. Yeah, okay. we did stop it. So mm-hmm. what are you um looking to invest in personally moving forward? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So right now I'm actually in the process of refinancing my four units so I can pull out some equity. So I can invest in some things. So I'm really looking, I want to do some partnership deals with um, multifamily units uh, across the nation. So I'm looking at, because I think coming up in the next couple of months, there may be some people that want to, that need to sell, mm-hmm. you know, and we may be able to find good deals with that. So that's the one of the main things I want to do, get into the multifamily and maybe even do um, a couple of syndication deals. I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. So I'm really I, I want to be in one first before I try to try to do one. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the way you learn is get involved in it and invest pa- passively um, and then kind of just pay attention to who the sponsor is and just follow the blueprint. Yes. Awesome. All right. And what about professionally? What's next for you? Professionally? So I'm, I am, I'm excited about just um, going to different webinars and workshops and like educating entrepreneurs on how to build business credit and how to get access to funding. So I'm going to put myself out there a little more and try to be on stage and just get this whole um, speaking thing going. So that's that's really what I want to do professionally. I'm looking forward to that and just growing uh, positive business credit solutions and right commercial lending and trying to get, you know, my things in order so that I can continue to grow and um, really be in this real estate avenue as well I, th- I think I finally found my passion I'm like really excited about this whole avenue of real estate networking financing business credit like all that just brings me so much joy so that's awesome. well you got good practice being on this show so <laughs> I appreciate it <laughs> you're a natural like you said you've been running the virtual events and the in-person events in DC so I know you'll be amazing um oh yeah all right so this conversation has been awesome I want to transition to the last segment of the show which is a fabulous four four questions that I ask every guest uh so first off what is your favorite book about real estate so I love the whole rich dad poor dad series Mm -hmm. like all that Uh, rich dad poor dad cash flow quadrant um rich loopholes of the rich you know Mm -hmm. retire young retire rich all those I love those and then I also love not really with real estate but it's called success runs in our race Mm. with um George C. Frazier so that's all about networking which kind of relates to real estate because you have to network oh absolutely it's definitely a relationship business a lot of the times it's more about who you know rather than what you know true (laughs) that's true very true Cool. So the second question is, what advice would you give to your younger self just getting started with your career? Man, don't <laughs> over leverage. Like, don't over leverage. Don't do too much and protect your personal credit. Mm-hmm. 
it's so easy to to like ruin it and it takes so long to get it to build it back up I would say also don't over leverage your time <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I like that yes we always talk about like it's so much going on it's not enough time in the day it's like you can easily be spread thin real quick so yes okay that's true Number three question is what topic in real estate do you want to learn more about personally? Personally, syndication deals. Okay. Yeah. How to do those and, and partnership deals, how to structure those correctly. So I'm really excited about that. Okay. Well, I can definitely uh, connect you with some folks. There have been some ladies that have been past guests on the show that have been syndicators. So that's what I we're here that. for. Yeah. That's what we're here for to create community. So love awesome. that. And the fourth question is to please give a shout out to another woman in real estate. Oh, yes. So um, Dabrielle Goodwin, she is in D.C. She, I think her company is called Evolve Enterprise, mm-hmm. and she does the tiny container homes. Mm-hmm. So young, I think she just turned 30 years old, and she is really killing the game right now. So she's doing great, Dabrielle Goodwin. And also Antoinette Monroe, she's out in um, Florida. And she's doing a lot of Airbnbs and doing very well with that. Awesome. Shout out to them. All right. So how can people get in touch with you? Oh, yes. So my website is uh, for right commercial lending is www.rightcl.com. Or you can email me at Janisha, J-A-N-I-S-H-A, at right, R-I-G-H-T-C-L.com. All right. Awesome. All right. So lastly, any final words of wisdom for the listeners? Final words of wisdom. I would say just if you have a business, go ahead, set up that business credit, Dun & Bradstreet, get that going so you can use other people's money to continue to grow your business because it's all about leveraging, but don't over leverage, but use other (laughs) people's money. All right. Thank you so much. This has been a very informative episode, a lot of actionable information. So I really appreciate it. Um, Really appreciate your time, all the work that you're doing within Project Reap and just being an amazing person and a great resource. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Thank you. All right. So we're signing off here. Another episode of Pretty Girls Love Real Estate Podcast. Thank you to my guest, Ms. Janisha Richardson. And I'll see you guys next time.